Warning, this podcast contains foul language, sexual situations, and discussions of drugs and drinking. Yeah. Welcome Welcome to to Fuck Shakespeare. All the naughty bits exposed. Our goal is to open your eyes to all the inside info that makes reading Shakespeare way more fun. Any episode might contain dick jokes or essay ideas or anything in between. So, So, listen listen up. up. Hi. 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 I'm Diana. I'm Erin. And this is Julius Caesar, episode four. Yeah. Act two. Bless you. (laughs) Dad jokes. Julius Caesar is all about the dad jokes. Yeah, well, that's going to be interesting. My bad accents (laughs) and Diana's bad dad jokes. There you go. There you go. Suffer. All right. So, when we last saw our heroes. <laughs> heroes question mark? Heroes question mark. Yeah, there aren't any heroes. Well, you know, some people like to make Brutus out as the hero of this play, the hero anti-hero. Harold Bloom says, would say, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> um, but when we last saw them, there was a big storm, remember? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And Cassius had said... That he was going to throw a bunch of notes around and Into tape windows. them up to statues and such yeah. to try to persuade Brutus that not only he, Cassius, thinks that Brutus should join this plot, but a lot of people all over Rome. People all over Rome. Not just join the plot, but be Rome. Be yeah. Brutus should be what Caesar is. That's, uh, that's... In a different way, right? Yeah. Like... like Take responsibility for guiding Rome. Yes. Yes. Not in a Caesar kind of a way. Yeah. So that's that's a fine line to tread anyway, as it is. You know, like, what exactly do you want me to be doing now? You know, because you hand somebody else over the power, and who's to say that Brutus wouldn't become well, absolute power power corrupts absolutely. But you know, the argument can be made that. Caesar was not necessarily a tyrant. I know you believe he was, but other people believe he might not have been. So no, I, yeah, no, I'm on the fence on it. I leave it out too. there. Yeah, yeah. I think there wasn't enough information before he died to make that ass- and assessment. And he only he was only around for two years. I mean, literally, that's not even a full presidential term. Yeah. In terms of ruling, he was only around. That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah. That's I mean, what he had I mean. been around. He and... was a general before yes. that. Mm-hmm. That's different. And he does, he is a rule ignorer. <laughs> right? <laughs> Rules aren't for me. That is a tyrannical characteristic. That's a politician characteristic. Yes. yes. I don't think that's tyrannical by necessity. I, I feel like that's just, it's you know. It's one element yeah, but, that could contribute. Could contribute, yes. right. I mean, I, I, show me a politician who follows the rules. No, no, no. But I'm just saying, so it's an element, and it is an element that they keep bringing up as like, hey, well, what about that? Yeah. You know, like, yep. he could do more of that if we let him keep going. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole argument. But it, again, it depends on whose viewpoint. Like, if you sink into Brutus's viewpoint, you come out with one thing. But if you sink into Caesar's viewpoint, you come out with something else. And it's just interesting. It's a weird it's a weird play. I don't think that Shakespeare gives us enough of Caesar's viewpoint, viewpoint. actually. Play is named for him, but we don't really see things from his point of view too much. 
we see the, you know, let me have fat guys around me kind of thing. We see the, uh, I'm deaf on this side, so come talk to me over here. I mean, we don't see a whole, you know. And we see, uh, I'm not going out to the Senate. We'll see that next season. Yeah, but so, so this makes me think. It is Shakespeare presenting him, not as this all powerful, scary, tyrannical person, or is he presenting him as a uh, an older person who is becoming a little enfeebled? And not that I like that word, but you know, whose age is starting to take a toll. Show, yeah. He's human. He's Entirely just an older human, in, as everyone. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you're right that he is letting us see him as just a guy, a guy who's got some. Not great qualities, some good qualities. And, you know, so we hear about him from Cassius that time when he was swimming and all that stuff. How he's weak. He has epilepsy. So that we know is, is he's something. He's just a guy. You know, that, that is a factor. But maybe, that... I mean, I don't know this, but it occurs to me that maybe Shakespeare, maybe Want, the Wants po- us to make up our own mind. Or... No, but maybe the point is that there is, I mean, if we're, if we're, inserting Caesar in the place of monarch, that it doesn't matter who the person is in the role. They're just a person who takes shits and becomes feeble and can't swim and needs saving. They're just, no matter what the... the, Human who's in there? No, but no matter what the tale, yeah, the mythology that we make up about king or queen or general you know or tyrant or whatever it's just some person yeah it's it's not this magical thing where you know god bestows the monarch in the throne blah 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 which is bullshit anyway which we know from shakespeare's time since they historically knew that people just overthrew kings and then usurped and if god was like putting people in place then there wouldn't be those kinds of things like the war of the roses and all of that so maybe what shakespeare is saying in this play I mean, aside from all of the other things that he says, but maybe the reason it's called Julius Caesar is to get us to think about the fact that the the human who is slotted into a role that everybody else looks up to and thinks, you know, behaves in a certain way or is is imbued with certain characteristics just by virtue of being in that role, that that's bullshit, that it's just a human being. Yeah. I think that's interesting. And I was thinking, as you were talking about that, that it's also a parallel to this whole argument about Shakespeare, who is Shakespeare, mm, right? Mm, interesting. Which is so <gasps> interesting. Because people put so much onto that human, right. William Shakespeare, and right. how he must have been some kind of godlike yeah. fucking noble to be able to do these things. But he's just a person. He was just a guy. He's a person making up some stories. Who you had, know? you know, like good authors do, who had stuff bubble up that they had to get out on the paper. And so what happens? And it's just a guy doing a job. Yeah. So, yeah, you could make the comparison. Julius Caesar... And William Shakespeare, you know, not that Shakespeare himself was making that comparison, I think. Although, but although Harold Bloom says says that the the true heroes, did he use the word hero? I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. Uh, uh, of Julius Caesar, or the winners, I think is the what winners, he says. Yes, that's what you said. Are, are Julius Caesar and William Shakespeare. Yes. That's interesting. So, yeah. 
Use your Harold Bloom and write a really cool paper about that. Mm. Julius Caesar as compared to William Shakespeare. Cool. I so like cool. that. Okay. Okay. See? We got some good stuff out of there. So we heard that Brutus was going to get all these notes. So in the very beginning of the scene, he reads like one note from Mr. Anonymous. And then he, he goes, okay, I think we should kill Caesar. I was like, <laughs> was that just the one that we saw him read? Has he read others? <laughs> like, is he just sleep deprived? He I, hasn't been sleeping. Well, I mean, I think that people have been saying, whispering in his ear, you know, we know Cassius has certainly yeah. been whispering in his ear about this. So it's not like this is the first time he's hearing about it. He's pri- The pump is primed. Yeah. The pump is primed and he wants it. He wants it. He wants it. So he's looking for reasons to to confirm his confirm his choice. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So the pump has been primed. It it maybe he did just read this one last note and that was the tipping point, which is an interesting choice by an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Who's to say? Yeah, who's to say? But that's how it starts out in the scene, which is funny. And throughout this scene. Aaron and I were talking before we hit record that uh, where are the themes and such. This scene, they talk a lot about what it means to be a true Roman. Mm. So that's an interesting way to look at the play, too, a filter. Like, who are the representations of true Romans in this play? What does that mean? And they keep bringing up various characteristics of what it means to be a true Roman. Like here in Brutus's speech, he's like, Romans make promises and they keep them. We don't need oaths. We're honorable. We don't need to swear to God. Yeah. Let's look out for um, mentions of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also found out that the name Caesar is said 21 times in this scene. That's a fuckload. <laughs> that is a fuckload. <laughs> we always lot. ask you to look out for repetition of words. Yeah. <laughs> Caesar, 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 Caesar. Blah, that's even hard to say. <laughs> right. And Aaron found out that. Oh, that. Um, so I was like, huh, 21 times. That's a very specific number. How many times was Caesar stabbed? And in the research I was able to find quickly i didn't do a lot of diligent research <laughs> but um the, uh, it all seems to confirm that traditionally he is said to have been stabbed 23 times yeah so i wonder if the 21 times is leading up to two more major major mentions before he gets beep, beep, yeah. Beep, beep, beep. yeah he gets he gets psychoed in the next scene <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see we'll see when we get to that one this also little bit was interesting to me is that when all of the conspirators come into Brutus's house, Cassius goes, hey, Brutus, let me tell you something. And he pulls him aside and he talks to him and we don't get to hear any of that. They don't even mention that conversation later. Mm. So I'm like, what did they say? That's interesting. <laughs> it's really interesting. Casca, we just get to see Casca waving his sword around, which is really strange. So that's a weird bit. And then... We're going to, what? Well, I mean, why would he put that in there dramatically? What What does Aren't that we curious? do? We're so curious about what did Cassius say. I don't know. Okay. Let's Maybe. keep that in mind as we go through this scene, because I feel like you don't just throw something like that in there for no reason. Yeah. It's like you don't introduce a revolver unless you plan to use it. And we'll have to keep an eye on that keep thing. Keep an eye on that. Uh, and then the last bit of this scene, this is a long scene with a lot of different things happening. 
So we meet Portia. And Portia is Brutus's wife, and she's only in two scenes in the entire play. So we were wondering about what is her purpose in the play. So let's, let's, we'll really pay attention when we get to her. What kind of person is she? She does this incredible dramatic thing before she even enters the scene. Then she has the whole scene very, you know, calmly, like laying out the facts of why Brutus is um, not treating her well. And then she tells him that before she came in, she stabbed herself in the thigh. And she's been able to maintain her cool through the whole scene. What is that about? Well, so weak condition. You were questioning weak condition. Yeah, Brutus says you shouldn't be out here in your weak condition. We don't know what that means either. It could mean many things. I, I wonder if he means her weak condition being female. Like he, she shouldn't be with the conspirators who are all male. Yeah, uh, the sense is that she shouldn't be out in the middle of the night you know, because they've all come to visit in the middle of the night and she's wondering why and stuff. But weak condition can also be pregnant. Weak condition can be mentally ill. Yeah. Weak condition could be... Well, Aristotle would say... <laughs> Aristotle would say that just by definition, being female means yeah, well, that you're, you're... You're the weaker sex. Well, not even weaker sex. He really felt like... like women were, a, were deformed and sickly men. He, he, he didn't believe that... We, I, whatever. I, I don't, Fuck Aristotle. Yeah, I'm not really a big <laughs> Aristotle fan. Even though my kid's name is Aristotle, I'm not a big Aristotle <laughs> fan. <laughs> yeah. He was an asshole. So, uh, but Portia speaks pretty strongly, mm -hmm. you know? She's like, lays out her argument very logically. She brings up her father, who's Cato, um, and how she is her father's daughter. Cato was famed for being... A very in high integrity person, uh, very high principles, somebody that people really admired and respected. So she's comparing herself to her dad. Like, you know, why don't you trust me? Why don't you confide in me? Because I am my father's daughter and I won't betray you. She's proving her warrior-ness yeah. all, all through. So she's a really interesting antithesis in and of herself. All right, so all right. here we go. Okay. Whopper of a... Wait, let me just Shifting look at the... scene. Oh, boy. Right. Okay, I'm never going to remember those characters. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. I, there's a lot of characters that we each are reading, so I, I, I'm just... There's going to be times when I go, wait a minute, who's reading that? Yeah, you're the big... Those big ones, right? And then, yeah. Yeah. Okay, then here we go. Other little lines. Here we go. Lucius is the servant. Mm -hmm. Lucius and Brutus share lines, actually, which is really interesting. And Lucius is a boy. But, okay. uh, but his personal servant. Right. Yes, his personal valet or something. Valet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So here comes Brutus. And the first thing he does is he's calling for his servant. What, Lucius? Ho! I cannot, by the progress of the stars, give guess how near to date. Lucius, I say! I would it were my fault to sleep so soundly. When, Lucius, when? Awake, I say. What, Lucius? Called you, my lord? Get me a taper in my study, Lucius. When it is lighted, come and call me here. I will, my lord. So all that yelling to go light me a fucking candle. <laughs> that's what, what servant. That's that's the life of a servant. For goodness sakes, light your own fucking candle. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lucius is gone to get the candle, and Brutus. It must be by his death. And for my part, I know no personal cause to spurn at him, but for the general. He would be crowned. How that might change his nature, there's the question. So 
he doesn't personally. Yeah, right. He doesn't know want he, to kill him. Right. But for the general, for the, re- the all well, the regu- yeah. regular people. Yeah. Right. And then Caesar wants to be, would be. He wants to be crowned. He could tell he wants to be. And will a crown change who he is? Yeah. Is what he's wondering. It is the bright day that brings forth the adder and that craves wary walking. Crown him that, and then I grant we put a sting in him, that at his will he may do danger with. Okay, wait a second. So, I mean, I get the idea. Snakes come out to bask in the sun, and the adders are poisonous. And, and so, and right, if you put carefully. a crown on him, then you're going to have to do the same thing with him because you're putting the ability for him to do harm. Yes. Off with his head. Off with his head. But here's the thing. I mean, is Brutus so convinced of his own goodness? Like, if Caesar can be swayed that way, why can't any person? Right. So why does Brutus think he's a better choice? But that's my question is, does Brutus think they mean to crown him or just to make him the main decision maker, which is very different? Mm, But is it? Mm. Is it? I feel like it is because the Senate is a, you know, is a more of a oligarchy, right? It's a governing body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but that's, I mean, okay, so rather than, a, than an emperor, an emperor, a despot. Well, I, okay, so I argue <laughs> despot too because yeah. we don't know that. But anyway, go ahead. It's just a question I have in my head. But if I you're the, the ultimate same... decision maker, why, why does that stop you from being checks and balances, girl? Mm. My ass. <laughs> My ass. Well, this is the theory I think he's <laughs> wrestling with, right? Yeah. Do we have a multiplicity of people who are doing this together, or do we have one? Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying. If you put a crown on Caesar, this will be, he's the buck stops here, right? Yeah. <laughs> he will be, you know, abuse that greatness. That's what he's worrying. Makes him more dangerous to have a crown on his head. Mm-hmm. And this is where he speaks, you know, the, weighing the opposite. The abuse of greatness is when it disjoins remorse from power. And to speak truth of Caesar, I have not known when his affection swayed more than his reason. So he's like, power corrupts when when they when you don't have any more remorse. Right when you when you do things and you don't feel bad about them. But he's saying about Caesar that he feels like he doesn't change his mind based on his affections, on his emotion, his reason, and his, his... reason prevails. So he's like, eh, 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 you know, he's going back and forth. And then he's going back to, like, the accepted ideas, though, then. But tis a common proof that lowliness is young ambition's ladder, whereto the climber upward turns his face. But when he once attains the utmost round, he then unto the ladder turns his back, looks in the clouds, scorning the base degrees by which he did ascend. So Caesar may. Okay, so, and I would point out, we were going to talk... I'm on a roll. I'm sorry. You do it. No, but like, this is exactly what happens with our current political system. Exactly. Even though there are checks and balances, it doesn't fucking matter. You know, get up that ladder. Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Greene, climb, 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 gets to the top and is like, I want committee assignments. And fuck you, plebes. (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't I don't care. Like, right. It's it's about me constituents. And, what constituents? Yeah, it's about right? me and and my fellow higher ups. Right. Well, for us to get money and protection and whatnot. And, yeah. You know, fuck you all. But like, d- d- so, I mean, yes, politicians. Go ahead. Yeah. 
Well, I, I think it's fascinating that he ends with the word may. may. He might. So just on the on the strength of he might, mm-hmm. is that enough to kill him? That's what he's trying to weigh out here. Really? <laughs> this is very, it's very Macbethy, isn't it? Yeah. It's very Macbethy. <laughs> right. So he's a sketch for this here, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And so he's like, so Caesar may, then lest he may prevent. So if he could. Prevent him from doing it, if, if just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear and since the coral will bear no color for the thing he is fashion it thus that what he is augmented would run to these and these extremities and therefore think him as a serpent's egg which hatched would as his kind grow mischievous and kill him in the shell so before he gets to be big emperor to knock Large him snake. out augmented just means um added to yeah so um that what he is, augmented, added to by a crown, would run to this these extremities. He thinks, you know, like, this just human nature. You can't help it. And so he's saying, uh, we'll bear no color for the thing he is. So you can't base your assessment of what he will be based on what he has been. That's what he's saying. So he's well, making an argument for he has been someone who leads with reason. But I don't know that he will continue to be that if you put a crown on his Okay, head. so... A little soapbox here. Yeah. I'm reading this Rebecca Solnit uh, essay. essay right now, and she's talking about past and present and future mm-hmm. and how in the past, like she's starting in 1973 and ending in 2023, although she talks about 2073 also. But like the point is in 1973, there was no way anyone could predict where we would be in 2023. And they and, try to make plans. Right. And, right. and, and, and the way people politic is based on their own experience of the world to date. So trying to predict outward, all you have to go on is what you currently see and know. Yeah. And and so you, you make very bad decisions because you have no, like the she was talking about the oil embargo of 1973, like mm. the OPEC nations, uh, the, the Arab OPEC nations uh, were like, not doing it. And it caused a horrible situation in the United States and other countries that relied on Arab oil where we had to ration. You guys yeah. don't know this, but 70s, like we had to ration, right? We had to like, was your license plate was a, ended in a, a an even number or an odd number. Those were the days you could get gas. You like, I mean, it was, it was a thing, crazy. but that caused uh, scientists at MIT to write a paper about energy and renewables and, but they could only focus on what they knew so far which was really nuclear energy yeah they didn't they weren't thinking about hydropower or solar or wind energy because we didn't have those technologies yet yeah so that paper that they wrote that then energy for nuclear energy to be a big thing right right? because because the people who were making policy energy policy looked at these very smart scientists words and were like well that's the way we have to go because that's what so it's the same thing yeah yeah we can only like decide from what we know now yeah and what we know is that power corrupts that's what he's saying yeah in a very long speech. Yeah, I'm sorry. I went <laughs> no. off on a tangent no, there. No, that's okay. 
All right, Lucius comes back in. The taper burneth in your closet, sir. Searching the window for a flint, I found this paper thus sealed up, and I am sure it did not lie there when I went to bed. So there's one that was thrown in at his window. Get you to bed again. It is not day. Is not tomorrow, boy, the Ides of March? I know not, sir. Look in the calendar and bring me word. I will, sir. Yeah, he couldn't go into his pocket for his phone. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so he wants to know exactly what day, what's going on. He sounds like me. I have no idea what day it is. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> the exhalations whizzing in the air give so much light that I may read by them. I love that. <laughs> whizzing. <laughs> exhalations whizzing. The lightning. Yeah, the breath of God whizzing in the air. Mm. Mm. So I have enough light from the lightning to actually read. What do you need the fucking candle for? <laughs> so he opens a letter and he reads it. Brutus, thou sleepst, awake and see thyself. Shall roam, etc. <laughs> Speak, strike, redress. Brutus, thou sleepst, awake. Such instigations have been often dropped where I have took them up. So often meaning long before today? Mm -hmm. Or has he seen a bunch of them today? That's the question. Shall roam, etc. <laughs> I like this. What the fuck does it say? <laughs> shall roam, etc. Thus must I piece it out. So maybe it just says shall roam, etc. And he has to fill in the blank. Yeah. Shall roam, stand under one man's awe. What, Rome? My ancestor did from the streets of Rome the Tarquin Drive when he was called a king. Speak, strike, redress. Am I entreated to speak and strike? O Rome, I make thee promise, if the redress will follow, thou receivest thy full petition at the hand of Brutus. So I think he makes a decision there right to there. go ahead and do it. So remember, my ancestor, he's referring to Brutus, uh, Lucius Brutus, the guy that we brought up two scenes ago, who's his ancestor who helped drive a king mm -hmm. out of Rome because he was a terrible tyrant. So speak, strike, redress. So he should speak. He, I guess with the other guys, he should strike. And then he's saying that the redress will come itself. At the hand of Brutus. Yeah. No, if the redress will follow, thou receives the full petition. So like if redress comes from speaking and striking, then you'll get everything you asked for. Okay. So I feel like... My sense is that he doesn't feel that he will be responsible for the redress. He is responsible for the act that makes redress possible. If the redress will follow, thou receivest thy full petition at the, hand of, at the hand of Brutus. So I will cause this, I will put this in motion. Does that make sense? Yeah. And Lucius, Lucius comes back. Sir, March is wasted 14 days. Knock, knock, knock. knock. "'Tis good. Go to the gate. Somebody knocks. Since Cassius first did wet me against Caesar, I have not slept." Six beats of silence there. Mm. And it's and right after a, a wet is what you do when you sharpen a knife. Yeah, so now we're starting to get the knife and stabbing words that are coming into the scene. And then six beats of silence. Is he listening for more knocking? Is he trying to figure out who's at the door? Between the acting of a dreadful thing and the first motion, all the interim is like a phantasma or a hideous dream. Bing, 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 bing. Okay, if you're just tuning in for Julius Caesar, whenever you hear the word dream in play, and here we are, act two, 
dream is a big buzzword for Shakespeare, for the Elizabethans, that things are about to change. Hence the play, A Midsummer Night's Dream. (laughs) So... He's, so things are about to change big time. Here we are, Act 2. So we have the word motion, which means to stab. It's an action. And we have phantasma. Wait, 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 wait. Evil vision. So between, this sounds very Macbeth to me also, yeah. between the acting of a dreadful thing and the first motion of that dreadful thing, thing yeah. all the time in between that is like this evil horror movie dream. Vision, yeah. It's like Macbeth seeing the dagger. It's like Macbeth imagining the the cherub screaming at him Mm -hmm. for doing this terrible thing. Mm -hmm. So Brutus has the same, maybe a little more limited imagination than Macbeth. Macbeth has this magnificent imagination, but Brutus is imagining what will happen as a result of his action. So that's why he's saying the redress, I don't know what form that redress will take. I don't know, but I'm willing to take the steps toward it. The genius and the mortal instruments are then in council, and the state of man, like to a little kingdom, suffers then the nature of an insurrection. So he's comparing the individual body of a human to a kingdom, and the genius is the soul, so the soul and the mortal instruments, which are the hands or the body, are in some kind of small war, right? Because the soul is maybe saying, don't, don't, don't. No, no, no. And the hands are like, yeah, we, we just do this little thing, you know, and, and we could take Change. the next step. So they're suffering an insurrection, a, a warring. Lucius, sir, tis your brother Cassius at the door, who doth desire to see you. Is he alone? No, sir. There are more with him. Do you know them? No, sir. Their hats are plucked about their ears. Plucked. <laughs> Pulled down. Well, that's Pulled weird. Down. It's like the opposite. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But Uh, notice the shared lines, how it moves it quickly, how he gets nervous. And half their faces buried in their cloaks, that by no means I may discover them by any mark of favor. Let them enter. They're a sketchy-looking bunch. (laughs) They're all, they're like trying to sort of hide their faces and not. So, uh, I just put a note here when you're paying attention to the rest of the speech. The word conspiracy is used twice as a line ending, so... I think that is the first time that word is being brought up in the play. Mm. Like, now we are formalizing what it is that we had been talking about doing. Now it is a conspiracy. If all these guys show up at my house in the middle of the night and we have this weird, sketchy, hood-down meeting, <laughs> it's now a fucking conspiracy, hood okay? Hood-down. <laughs> hood-down right? meetings. I like that. Yeah. From now on, hood-down meeting. Hood-down meeting. Okay, so Lucius leaves to go get them. They are the faction. Oh, conspiracy. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Two words for the same idea. Conspiracy and faction. The second is more of a distillation, a real truth about what it is. A faction can be just a, a gang, a, a group of people. Who are but like a conspiracy believers, right? is a much more focused A conspiracy and has a plan. Clear idea of what A faction what is that a group, group of is. people. Yeah. A conspiracy has a plan. Oh, conspiracy, shamest thou to show thy dangerous brow by night when evils are most free? Oh, then by day, where wilt thou find a cavern dark enough to mask thy monstrous visage? Seek none, conspiracy. 
hide it in smiles and affability, for if thou path thy native semblance on, not Erebus itself were dim enough to hide thee from prevention. Well, so a monstrous vis visage, that's a hard one. You that's mask, a hard one to say. Mask thy monstrous visage. Yeah. Seek. That's that's a lot of shes, shes, shes. Yeah. But also, you have to slow down that line. Yeah. You don't have a choice. And monstrous was used twice in the last scene, so it's like the third time he's bringing up that word. Shakespeare's like, I got a new word. I'm going to throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's saying, are you ashamed to show your faces? So you have to come like this in the middle of the night. So don't bother, um, you know, and during the day you will not find a dark enough spot to hide yourself. Uh, we have Erebus, which is darkest hell. So for if thou path, if you walk with your native semblance, with your true face, not darkest hell would be dim enough to hide what your intentions are. And to hide thee from prevention so people will see your faces and stop you. So in they come. So conspirators, Cassius, Casca, Decius, Brutus, Cinna, Metellus, Simber, Trebonius, and Brutus. That's n seven that we have here. Yeah. And then we're going to have maybe a couple more join after. And Cassius. I think we are too bold upon your rest. Good morrow, Brutus. Do we trouble you? I have been up this hour awake all night. Know I these men that come along with you? Yes, every man of them, and no man here but honors you. And every one doth wish you had but that opinion of yourself, which every noble Roman bears of you. This is Trebonius. He is welcome hither. This, Decius Brutus. He is welcome too. This, Casca. This, Cinna. And this, Metellus Cimber. They are all welcome. What watchful cares do interpose themselves betwixt your eyes and night? Shall I entreat a word? So here is that thing. It says, Brutus and Cassius whisper. <sighs> About what we don't know. Uh, you, uh, am I Decius Brutus? Yeah. Okay. And you're Casca. And I'm Cinna? Yes. Okay. Uh, Decius Brutus. Here lies the east. Doth not the day break here? No. Oh, pardon, sir, it doth, this is Cinna, and yon gray lines that fret the clouds are messengers of day. Fret just means disturb or interlace. Casca. You shall confess that you are both deceived. Here, as I point my sword, the sun arises, which is a great way growing on the south, weighing the youthful season of the year. Some two months hence, up higher toward the north, his first presents his fire, and the high east stands as the capital directly here. What the fuck? Uh, why do we care? Why right. do we care? Why are we listening to this and not what Brutus and Cassius are talking about? That's my point. Like This is like, let's talk about the weather. Yeah, and Casca is weirdly waving his sword to point out where the sun is today and where it rises later in the spring. Very weird. A great way growing on the south means it's encroaching on the south. It's coming, you know, we're getting a brightness. Uh, weighing, the considering the youthful season of the year. This is interesting. Um, and then high east is due east, okay? There's where the capital, that's where it rises when it's in, in the spring. But it always rises in the east. What the fuck yeah. is he talking about? Well, at different angles of the earth, it rises more, you know, a little bit here and then a little bit more to the right. Yeah. I really, it's like, is it cloudy Who today? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. The wind is blowing. And then Brutus and Cassius come forward, and they don't mention what they were talking about. Brutus. 
Give me your hands all over, one by one. And let us swear our resolution. Well, maybe, maybe this is Cassius confirming that Brutus is on it's board. In. Yeah. Because why would he continue on if Brutus was still vacillating? Yeah. So that must be what it is. Okay. I don't know. But then Cassius is like, let's swear, and Brutus jumps in. No, not an oath. If not the face of men, the sufferance of our souls, the time's abuse, if these be motives weak, break off the times, and every man hence to his idle bed. So let high-sided tyranny rage on till each man drop by lottery. So he's like... But there is no tyranny motives, yet. <laughs> I mean, that's, he's jumping ahead here. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's saying, we don't need an oath. We only need to know that we're suffering, that, uh, you know, that the faces of the men outside in the, in the town are telling us this is not good. And the, the time that is being stolen from us, if these things aren't enough, then, you know, just, just go, to go back to bed. Your idle bed is your unused bed. Everybody's been up all night. And yeah. then let high-sided tyranny rage. Is, he, is, is this sufferance of our souls going back to the should we, should we, should we not, should we not, should we, should we, should we not, should we not? Yeah. Is that what he's talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the times abuse, like how we are being uh, governed, I guess, and, and malgoverned. <laughs> oh, so that is the time as in our present, our present as opposed our to... Era, our... As, generation right yeah. as opposed to i was thinking the sufferance of our souls the times abuse i was thinking more of him still him him making the statement we shouldn't go back and forth anymore we should go forward mm. uh, yeah well, all of those things are true uh drop by lottery means you know according to fate or uh, another note said according to how the tyrant's eye lights on him and says you know it's your turn to die mm. kind of thing and then mid-sentence, we have a period, which is a caesura, and then mid-line, he has another idea, which starts with the word but. The word but is always a direction changer. You can actually physically do that as you're working through a speech, you know, like anytime it says but or and, change direction, see what that does for you. But if these, as I'm sure they do, bear fire enough to kindle cowards and to steal with valor the melting spirits of women, then countrymen... What need we any spur but our own cause to prick us to redress? There's okay, that wait, word. Yeah, yeah, but let's go back. The melt. Okay. Yeah. So, but if these things are enough to spur you, right? Kindle cowards. We have fire words. Uh, steel, which is to arm, arm you with valor. And, uh, well, not even you. Arm, melting spirits of women. The emotional women would even take up arms with the kind of conditions that we're suffering under here, right? But are they suffering at this point? I'm so confused. They're yeah. not suffering at this point. I mean, yes, there, there was the Pompey War, which was not good. Yeah. It was civil war. Right. Is that what he means? And that was instigated by Caesar, so, yeah. And countrymen, countrymen is going to be a theme word. What Again, what does it mean to be a Roman? Mm-hmm. And we're going to have, in the funeral orations, we're going to have the comparison that Antony makes versus what Brutus makes in terms of what does it mean to be a true and honest Roman right here, right now. So countrymen is a big, a big And also, pa- you know, right, patriotism. I claim patriotism. You claim patriotism. Right. My, my, patriot- my patriotism looks like this. Your patriotism looks like that. Right. And I can't say that yours is right because then that undermines mine. And you can't say that mine is right because then that undermines yours. Yeah. This is fucked Sucks. up. This is what fucked we do. Up. This yeah. is what humans do. Prick us to redress. So we need to 
does is this spur enough right do we we don't need a fucking oath we just need to know that what we think we are doing is the right thing okay so i'm going back again because yeah. i because this is confusing to me i know we just talked about this but i i i, I need a little more clarity if brutus says before he makes the decision that that he is going through with this that he's never known caesar to act on his emotions but rather he's always acted on reason and what is the tyranny that they are currently living under like he's gone from this could happen yeah to stating this is happening this is. i think it's the potential that he's seeing forward but now right? he's talking about it as if it exists he's yes. bringing it into he's birthing it right as an idea to all the conspirators yeah and they may already have it they in may their have heads, it. but I but think like, they must be able to be coming to this room and agreeing. But it's we don't not real. It doesn't exist. Their, we don't get to see all of their perseverations, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. I'm 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 done. That's okay. As I'm editing this, I find myself getting all worked up all over again because as we're going through the text, we're not talking about the fact that all of these fellows, the conspirators, are senators. They're people in political power. Caesar was a general, and he also was gaining political power only because he was beloved by his soldiers and some of the people of Rome who felt that he was really protecting them. But when he was getting too powerful, there was word sent to him that he had to disband his army and step down from being a general before he could come back to Rome. And he, this is what Diana was talking about in an earlier episode, he refused. And he, uh, at the head of his army, crossed the Rubicon. And Pompey, who was really a political equal of Caesar's, as far as I can tell from my limited research, um, you know, fought him and that there was a civil war. But what we're, what we're forgetting in this discussion, and what's making me so angry, <laughs> is that these people who killed him were politically powerful people already. In Rome, before there were emperors, you know, post-Julius Caesar, there were two consuls who were elected by the patrician class, the moneyed class, and the plebes, and they served for a year and they they made the rules they they governed and all the senators consulted with them gave them their ideas helped them along because they were only in power for a year and then at the end of their year two more would be elected so the senators stayed while the consuls rotated these people had a fuck ton of power and in through that lens looking at this i'm like they just wanted to maintain their own power. They weren't thinking about, I don't know, you be the judge. I'm done. What other bond than secret Romans that have spoke the word and will not palter? Palter meaning equivocate or speak deceptive words. So do we need any other oath than just us all being in this room and saying, we're in on it. We're, we're all doing this. And what other oath than honesty to honesty engaged? That this shall be, or we will fall for it. So we don't need an oath. We just need to say this is the outcome that we want and desire and all agree. 
And if we, we're dying if we don't get it done. Yeah, and if we, if we fuck it up, we are all dead. And so then he's saying, these are the people that do make oaths, okay? Swear priests and cowards and men cautless. This is an interesting word. This is one. So we talk about old English. Old English. Old English. And people get afraid of Shakespeare because it's in old English. It's not in old English. It's in early modern English. But then you run across words like this. C-A-U-T-E-L-O-U-S. I had to look it up. I've never seen this word ever mm-hmm. again in another play. So it just means deceitful. Just look it up. Whatever. Wait, I would like to make... Here we go. Yes. Uh, Ari and I have been watching, as you know, if you've been listening, Survivor. Ah. <laughs> uh, Survivor One World, which is a couple of years old, we, we just watched, and there was a guy on it who went by the moniker of Tarzan. Oh, dear. And this man, <laughs> who was a plastic surgeon, this man used words that, like... Everybody in the cast, including Jeff Probst, was like, what now? I mean, I sat with my phone and he would say things and I'm like, and I have a really good vocabulary, yeah. by the way. I yeah. just do. But he 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 threw in words and I was like, okay, he what? must have made that one up because yeah. I never have heard that before. I'm 59 years old. I've never heard that. I'm looking it up. In fact, it was a word. Yeah. I learned so many new words. So don't tell me yeah. that it's only Shakespeare. It's Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. I'm off my soapbox. Yeah. So just be curious. It's interesting. Okay. And it's pronounced cautless. Swear priests and cowards and men cautless, old feeble carrions and such suffering souls that welcome wrongs. Unto bad causes swear, such creatures as men doubt, but do not stain the even virtue of our enterprise, nor the insuppressive metal of our spirits, to think that or our cause or our performance did need an oath. So he's like, we don't fucking need an oath. He's using this whole long speech to say this. He's like, priests, that's interesting, <laughs> need oaths. Cowards need oaths. Um, deceitful men, men who lie, right? Carrions who are corpse-like, people who are half-dead, and people who doubt People who welcome wrongs. Yeah, people who don't care about their situation. But he's like, our irrepressible spirit is, you know, either our cause is right, our performance is right, or we need an oath. (laughs) One or the other. When every drop of blood that every Roman bears and nobly bears is guilty of a several bastardy, if he do break the smallest particle of any promise that hath passed from him. So, like... No noble Roman makes a promise and breaks it. And Cassius, but what of Cicero? Shall we sound him? I think he will stand very strong with us. Let's not leave him out. No, by no means. That was Casca, Cinna. And am I Metellus Simber? Oh, Jesus. All right, Metellus Simber. Oh, let's make him really low. Oh, let us have him, for his silver hairs will purchase us a good opinion and buy men's voices to commend our deeds. It shall be said, his judgment ruled our hands. Our youths and wildness shall no whit appear, but all be buried in his gravity. So he's a respectable guy. He's older. People, you know, they like him. We should have him on board. We should have him on board because he'll lend us an air of credibility. Yes, right. (laughs) And then Brutus. Oh, name him not. Let us not break with him, for he will never follow anything that other men begin. 
Cassius. Then leave him out. Casca. Indeed, he is not fit. So Casca just said, yeah, he's great. And now he's like, no, never mind. But we already know Casca from so far. We just, he, he's, he's a. He's swayed with whoever's talking. And he's also very full of himself and just wants to be in on things. He's not like, I don't think he has a moral bone in his body. I think he's just like, oh, I want to be popular. Yeah. (laughs) I want to be in with the in crowd. Yeah, exactly. And Decius Brutus. Shall no man else be touched but only Caesar and Cassius? So are we only killing Caesar? Yeah. And Cassius, Decius, well urged. I think it is not meet. Mark Anthony, so well beloved of Caesar, should outlive Caesar. We shall find of him a shrewd contriver, and you know his means. If he improve them, may well stretch so far as to annoy us all, which to prevent... Let Antony and Caesar fall together. Hmm. So his means, if he improve them, like his popularity and stuff, if he makes the most of it, is going to be a problem. Annoy us. It'd be an injury for us. So we should, so kill, we them should both. kill them both. And Brutus. Our course will seem too bloody, Caius Cassius, to cut the head off and then hack the limbs, like wrath in death and envy afterwards, for Antony is but a limb of Caesar. So he's just like, he's just an arm. Let's not cut off Caesar's arms after we kill him. That's just like ugly. Let us be sacrificers, but not butchers, Caius. We all stand up against the spirit of Caesar. And in the spirit of men, there is no blood. Oh, that we then could come by Caesar's spirit and not dismember Caesar. But alas, Caesar must bleed for it. So if we could cut out his character, his person, without killing him, Just give him a lobotomy and render him useless. Oh, that we then could come by Caesar's spirit and not dismember Caesar. But alas, Caesar must bleed for it. And gentle friends, lest kill him boldly, but not wrathfully. Let's carve him as a dish fit for the gods, not hew him as a carcass fit for hounds. Great antithesis there. That's really gross, though. I know, let's do it artfully. Well, like it's sacrifice, right? Yes. We're giving him as a sacrifice to the gods rather than a Just pile of meat up. for the dogs. <laughs> yeah, right. I love God and dog. Um, and let our hearts, as subtle masters do, stir up their servants to an act of rage and after seem to chide them. So their servants are the emotions that come from the heart. Let's use them for this act and then, you know, suppress them afterward. Mm. This shall make our purpose necessary and not envious, which so appearing to the common eyes, we shall be called purgers, not murderers. <laughs> okay, there's an interesting word. It's a medical word, right? <sighs> yeah. They used to do this horrible thing called bloodletting, where they would open up a vein and get out some of your ugly, damaged blood. Your humors. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because you had too much of it in there. And and then you'd be fine. <laughs> you'd just be a little anemic, that's all. So we're purging Rome of Caesar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for the good of the body politic, we have to make this cure. And for Mark Antony, think not of him. For he can do no more than Caesar's arm when Caesar's head is off. That's a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. Cassius. Yet I fear him, for in the ingrafted love he bears to Caesar... Alas, good Cassius, do not think of him. If he loves Caesar, all that he can do is to himself. Take thought and die for Caesar. And that were much he should, for he is given to sports, to wildness, and much company. 
So he, that were much he should. It's not likely because he's, he's a person of life. He loves sport and he likes he's not know, gonna kill himself. socializing. Right. So he's not going to kill himself. Tribonius. There is no fear in him. Let him not die, for he will live and laugh at this hereafter. Ding. So the clock strikes, and this is actually an anachronism. There's no no clocks in ancient Rome. Right. Okay. That's Big Ben in Britain, but not in ancient Rome. So Brutus, peace. Count the clock. Cassius, the clock hath stricken three. Tribonius, tis time to part. Cassius. But it is doubtful yet whether Caesar will come forth today or no, for he is superstitious grown of late, quite from the main opinion he held once of fantasy, of dreams and ceremonies. Dreams. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Yeah. Uh, it may be these apparent prodigies, the unaccustomed terror of this night, and the persuasion of his augurers may hold him from the capital today. Okay, explain augury. Augury! Oh! Well, so, um, augurers looked at symbols in nature. They, they looked at certain birds who presented together, like if there was a hawk and a crow coming together, that meant something. If there were three starlings, that meant something. If a starling dropped out of the air, that meant something. But it's also other pieces of nature that they use, that they used as well. Birds is just prevalent in Shakespeare. And lightning certainly, right? Lightning. That would have been, right. Yeah. So there's so there mm, the unaccustomed terror of this night we've already talked about if you've been listening along that it was a dark and stormy night. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so Caesar might get suspicious and not want to go out tomorrow because right, of because, all these things. Right, because so if you're Prodigies looking at this... are omen. So the, 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 his, his, his people and, uh, might not let him go. And apparently he's um, become in his later age a superstitious fellow where he wasn't before, Castor's is saying. Yeah. Quite from the main opinion, the strong opinion that he held once of fantasy and ceremony, you know, yeah, he was Yeah, he was a soldier. He didn't believe in that stuff. Ridiculous. But now he's changed his opinion, so maybe he might not leave to go to the capital tomorrow. Right. And Decius Brutus says, never fear that. If he be so resolved, I can sway him, for he loves to hear that unicorns may be betrayed with trees and bears with glasses, elephants with holes, lions with toils, and men with flatterers. What the fuck? So he likes to hear stories about how great things are taken down. So there's a story about a unicorn being captured by someone standing behind a tree so that the unicorn embedded his horn into a tree and then he could uh, capture him. Yeah. That's one story. Then bears <laughs> were thought to be vain. So if you held up a mirror in front of them, they're like, oh, look at me. I'm so beautiful. And then you can capture them. <laughs> I mean, that's weird. Elephants with holes. Obviously, you dig a big hole, you cover it with a bunch of branches, the elephant falls in. Lions with toils, toils are nets, and men with flatterers. Uh -huh. Interesting. So that's the comparison, right? Yeah. So he likes to hear how great people can be taken down and trapped, and one of those ways is for someone to flatter them. And then... But when I tell him he hates flatterers, he says he does, being then most flattered. <laughs> Let me work, for I can give his humor the true bent, and I will bring him to the capital. <laughs> so Decius knows something about Caesar that he can use to his detriment. I will give his humor, his inclination, the true bent, the true direction. I know how to persuade him to go. And Cassius. Oh, that's me. Uh, 
Nay, we will all of us be there to fetch him. By the eighth hour, is that the uttermost? Sinna. Be that the utmost, uttermost, utter, ah, cow moo. Be that the uttermost and fail them not. Metellus Simber, that's me also, right? Yes. Jesus Christ, what did he sound like? I can't remember. It was the low voice one. No, wasn't that Deus? That was Decius. Decius. I think Metellus also was. Oh, dear God. Okay, well, this is Metellus Simber, <laughs> whatever the fuck he sounds like. Caius Ligarius doth bear Caesar hard, who rated him for speaking well of Pompey. I wonder none of you have thought of him. So he's like, let's bring that guy on board, yeah. Caius Ligarius, because Caesar gave him a hard time for saying something good about Pompey. Brutus. Now, good Metellus, go along by him. He loves me well, and I have given him reasons. Send him but hither, and I'll fashion him. So and I'll turn him, fashion him. Cassius, the morning comes upon us. We'll leave you, Brutus. And friends, disperse yourselves, but all remember what you have said and show yourselves true Romans. Yeah. Line ending. There's your theme, true Romans. Brutus. Good gentlemen, look fresh and merrily. Let not our looks put on our purposes. This was the speech that he had before, right? Mm -hmm. We cannot walk around with these faces or somebody will stop us. But be the serpent under it. Doesn't Lady yeah. Mac say that? Yes. Hmm. To beguile the time, look like the time. They say that a lot in Macbeth. But bear it as our Roman actors do, with untired spirits and formal constancy. And so good morrow to you, everyone. Formal constancy is decorum, so you have to, like, look act, like you. Act your part. Like, everything's fine. And mm -hmm. act your part and be a senator. And everybody exits except for him, and he calls Brutus again. I mean, Lucius again. Boy, Lucius, fast asleep. It is no matter. Enjoy the honey-heavy dew of slumber. Thou hast no figures, nor no fantasies, which busy care draws in the brains of men. Therefore thou sleep'st so sound. And in come Portia, and they actually have a shared line on her entrance, which is interesting. So Brutus, you know, just saying, Lucius, you don't have you don't the have kind to think of imaginings and terrible ideas in your head that adult men do, and that's why you can sleep so nicely. Yeah, and Portia, Brutus, my lord. Portia, what mean you? Wherefore rise you now? It is not for your health thus to commit your weak condition to the raw cold morning. Nor for yours neither. You've ungently, Brutus, stole from my bed, and yesternight at supper you suddenly arose and walked about, musing and sighing with your arms across, and when I asked you what the matter was, you stared upon me with ungentle looks. I urged you further, then you scratched your head, and too impatiently stamped with your foot, yet I insisted, yet you answered not. But, with an angry wafture of your hand, gave sign for me to leave you. So I did, fearing to strengthen that impatience which seemed too much enkindled, and withal hoping it was but an effect of humor, which sometime hath his hour with every man. So what is she describing? She's describing other times that she has tried to come to talk to him. So what do we know? about their relationship so far from this. She's trying to be intimate with him, not not sexually intimate, but he's she's trying but knowing to knowing what he's worried about. Yeah, right? yeah, and talk to him and be with him and be a part of things and he keeps waving her off. Wafture. 
great, yeah, waving of your hand. Yeah. Um, and gave sign for me to leave you, so I did. So she's obedient, as mm-hmm. wives are supposed to be then. And I'm just hoping right. it was because you were in a bad humor. You were in a bad, you had a bad mood. And that happens with every person. Yeah. But, like, you stamped your foot, you crossed your arms, you sighed heavily, you didn't look at me, you didn't talk to me. You she know. uses the word ungently twice. Yeah. That's interesting, you know. So it's not the way you're used to being. Right. You, you're you looking at me like you don't like me. Yeah. Yeah. It will not let you eat, nor talk, nor sleep. And could it work so much upon your shape as it hath much prevailed on your condition? I should not know you, Brutus. Dear my lord, make me acquainted with your cause of grief. Again, Macbeth. He's not sleeping. Yeah. Interesting. And if if this had prevailed, that means it had if it had taken hold on your face in the way that it has on your condition on your the state insides. of your insides, yeah. I wouldn't even recognize you. Yeah. I should not know you. And Brutus, I am not well in health, and that is all. Brutus is wise, and were he not in health, he would embrace the means to come by it. Why so I do. Good Portia, go to bed. Is Brutus sick? And is it physical to walk unbraced and suck up the humors of the dank morning? What? Is Brutus sick? And will he steal out of his wholesome bed to dare the vile contagion of the night and tempt the roomy and unpurged air to add unto his sickness? No, my Brutus, you have some sick offense within your mind— which, by the right and virtue of my place, I ought to know of, and upon my knees, embedded stage direction, I charm you by my once commended beauty, by all your vows of love, and that great vow which did incorporate and make us one, that you unfold to me yourself, your half, why you are heavy, and what men tonight have had to resort to you, for here have been some six or seven who did hide their faces even from darkness. Kneel not, gentle Portia. Wow, so can really I? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I want to yeah, go, go back. This of is course. this is very Titania in here, mm, right? Yeah. All of the 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 extra syllables, the, you know, unpurged hey, and yeah, roomy, right, yeah. roomy contagion, um, sickness of you know your soul. Comparing, you know, you are sick, and therefore, you know, your whole household is suffering. Yes, and, you know, I am right. The, right? Like Titania talks Suck about what's happening humors, between right? her and Suck Oberon. Yeah, anyway, it just Rumi struck is, me as I was yeah. reading it mm-hmm. that that... We have this great um, antithesis, right? We have wholesome and we have contagion against yep. each other, so healthy and not healthy. Um, my place, my, I'm your wife. This is my what I'm allowed to ask. And Aaron told you, if it says upon my knees, you have to do it. I conjure you. That's so interesting, term, witchy right? term. By all these... And he here Brutus just said, we don't need oaths, but he, she's charming him by his oath that you swore to me that you love me not only that but you swore in church and we were married that we would be one that we would be one incorporate yep two as one body why are you heavy why are you depressed why have these guys come here in the middle of the night who are hiding even in the dark okay and then she says he cuts her off he's like don't please get up so he maybe pulls her off yeah i should not need if you were gentle brutus in other words, I wouldn't need to kneel if you were being kind. my person, yeah. my guy. 
within the bond of marriage, tell me, Brutus, is it accepted I should know no secrets that appertain to you? Am I yourself, but, as it were, in sort or limitation, to keep with you at meals, comfort your bed, and talk to you sometimes? Dwell I but in the suburbs of your good pleasure? If it be no more, Portia is Brutus's harlot, not his wife. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. So she's like, talk to me about what your ideas of marriage are, okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Because, <laughs> so, Tell me. <laughs> accepted, great word, left out. Is it right. left out that I should know your secrets? Is yeah. that something that I'm not allowed to know? Or am I part of yourself, or am I only a limited, you know, bit? Right, I'm supposed to keep to... you comfort yeah. and get to take my meals with you and talk to you sometimes. Suck your dick. Right, and, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. There's dick. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. No. Talk to you sometimes, dwell I, but in the suburbs. Great word to be, that's a plus three line. So there's three extra syllables on that line, which is the suburbs. And the suburbs were the fringes of the city where houses were where all of the gross Theaters, stuff, right? Bear Theaters, baiting. Hello, <laughs> the bear baiting pits. And so these are the disgusting parts. So I don't want to be that person who's on the fringe of your life mm -hmm. because that makes me gross. It just makes me a whore. I'm your whore and not your wife, your yep. harlot. And he's shocked. He's shocked. You are my true and honorable wife, as dear to me as are the ruddy drops that visit my sad heart. If this were true, then should I know this secret. I grant I am a woman, but withal a woman that Lord Brutus took to wife. I grant I am a woman, but withal a woman well reputed, Cato's daughter. Think you I am no stronger than my sex, being so fathered and so husbanded? Tell me your counsels. I will not disclose them. I have made strong proof of my constancy, giving myself a voluntary wound here in the thigh. Can I bear that with patience and not my husband's secrets? Oh, ye gods. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God. She's like, I am a war warrior, you motherfucker. Don't By treat me like I'm things. just some weak woman. I'm... Yeah. I you am your, chose me for your wife. I am your equal one. in terms yeah. of a valor and constancy and right. yeah. Honor. Um, Cato's daughter. So I am I have this father, this husband. doesn't that point to me being a better representative of my sex than others, you know? And then to make proof of that, here, look, I stabbed myself in the thigh. Isn't that cool? I could <laughs> do this and still keep talking. And doesn't that prove me strong and, mm -hmm. you know, worthy, invincible? And he does say that. Oh, ye gods, render me worthy of this noble wife. He doesn't say, holy shit, let's cover that up. And oh, my God, he's a doctor. <laughs> he's he's like, just like, wow, wow, that's cool. That was amazing. <laughs> Dude, there's something wrong here. <laughs> and then there's knocking. Knocking. Hark, hark, one knocks. Portia, go in a while, and by and by thy bosom shall partake the secrets of my heart. Four beats of silence. The secrets of my heart. Is it for her to leave? Maybe? I'm wondering if she's just well, not staring she's at just him like, with her mouth what? open. Like, what? what the fuck is going on? Are you still not going to tell me? Yeah, because he does explain some more. Yeah. Right? <laughs> All my engagements I will construe to thee. And all the charactery of my sad brows. 
We've made with haste. <laughs> well, that's hard to say. It, it, All it, the caricature. Yeah. There's some awkwardness happening there. Uh, you know, when they say character, that means your handwriting. Yeah. So he's saying all of those lines that are on my brows that look like handwriting. Yeah. And it's all the import, like what what that means, all of those wrinkles of me, you know, furrowing my brow. Mm -hmm. You will know. And Portia just goes out like, okay. He says, leave me with haste. And she's like, I'm I'm out. Because I'm again, we saw she's obedient. obedient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lucius, who's that knocks? He is a sick man that would speak with you. Caius Ligarius that Metellus spake of. Boy, stand aside. Caius Ligarius, how? Well, save good morrow from a feeble tongue. So vouchsafe just means deign to accept, so I hope you will accept my greeting. Oh, what a time have you chose out, brave Caius, to wear a kerchief. Were, would you were not sick? Wear a kerchief. He's wearing a mask like a COVID people. Oh, right? yay. So I wish you weren't sick. I wish you didn't have a mask on your face. And Ligarius. I am not sick, if Brutus have in hand any exploit worthy the name of honor. So he's like, I could be better in a second if you tell me that something good's going on. Yeah. I'm just fucking bored is what I am. <laughs> Such an exploit have I in hand, Ligarius, had you a healthful ear to hear of it. By all the gods that Romans bow before, I here discard my sickness, soul of Rome, brave son, derived from honorable loins. Thou, like an exorcist, has conjured up my mortified spirit. Now bid me run, and I will strive with things impossible. Yea, get the better of them. What's to do? He's like, I'm ready. Give me a job. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, thou hast, like an exorcist, conjured up my mortified spirit. <laughs> spirit is Elizabethan slang for uh, semen, so you have... Re-enlivened my dead dick <laughs> and with no spunk in it. And I uh, am ready to take something on. I right? will strive. Strive, which means run with, but it really, you know, it's like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. So, and get the better of them. I will overtake them. I will not only run after whatever the thing you need me to get, I will go faster than it. <laughs> A piece of work that will make sick men whole. But are not some whole that we must make sick? Great antithesis there, right? Yeah. So Brutus is like, we're going to do this thing, and everybody will be cured. And he's like, isn't there one thing that is already whole that's going to be dead, maybe? Uh, unhold. <laughs> unhold. <laughs> or hold. Full of hold. Right. <laughs> and Brutus, uh, th that must we also. What is it, my Caius, I shall unfold to thee as we are going to whom it must be done? Set on your foot, and with a heart new-fired I follow you. To do I know not what, but it sufficeth that Brutus leads me on. Follow me, then. Well, I don't know what mm. we're doing, but because you're leading the way, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's kind of a little synopsis for the rest of the gang, too. They keep saying, if Brutus is in, we're in. Yeah. So this was kind so of So maybe that's what Cassius that. was just ascertaining at the are beginning. You sure are, you, are you really yeah. in? Because I'm going to send these guys home if you're not. Because otherwise, this is if not going to work. Because we're all dead. Yeah. If the, anybody gets wind of this, we're dead. And even if we try it and we do it, if you weren't in on it, people will go, well, how come Brutus didn't get in on it? Because it's obviously a bad idea. Yeah. So he lends them credibility, just yes. like uh, uh, like Cicero, Cicero might, have. might have. But he only 
likes his own ideas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We all know people like that, Funny side character that we don't really even see very much. All right. It is fucking hot in here, even though it's wintertime. And that was a good long scene. Lots to chew on there. And we will come back with the Ides of March. The Ides of March. Exciting. Yeah. Okay, so I'm Erin. And I's I'm Diana. And this this was Fuck Julius Fuck Shakespeare. (laughs) Stick your knife in my hole, baby. Oh, Bye. Bye. For additional fun shit from Fuck Shakespeare, you can head to our website at fckshakespeare.com. Or find us on Instagram at fckshakespeare. If you are enjoying this podcast, you could support us for as little as 99 cents per month. Just click the support button on the page on Spotify or Anchor. Tell your friends.